0: Hello, good afternoon, this is James Grunvig with Tracy L. White, my co-host on Beyond the Bible on Decentralized.media. We're going to cover a wide variety of to- topics, a lot of end time stuff, a lot of uh, beginning of sorrows, but we'll get into that in the second half of the show. We're going to talk about what? Re- things in Revelation, the Antichrist, and we are going to go through a PowerPoint. We've got six short videos, so I'm going to begin with the videos because they're going to kind of set the tone. So Tracy came up, She says, like, when I do scriptures, James, you know, we had this phone call a couple weeks ago. I really get into that, and I'm not in my creative marketing mode. I said, okay, I'll just, you know, I didn't know her that well. Okay, go for it. And she comes back the next day and said, James, you're not going to believe this. I go, come on, Tracy, what? She came up with the end times in real time, and then she had a whole big description below that. And I'm like, wow, that's exactly what all of us are going through worldwide right now. So, Tracy, thank to you. You're absolutely Welcome. right. You, you compartmentalize yeah. like I do. Sometimes I, I focus yes. on a subject. I worry about nothing. Then I'll get to that later kind of thing. That's exactly how I research. I write. Mm-hmm. I really have to focus on on certain subjects. Yeah. I don't have time to be creative, but later on I do. So I, I love Yeah, it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I literally compartmentalize. I have to get in a certain space for all my creative juices to flow. When I'm studying, I'm in that mode. So yeah, I definitely compartmentalize uh, Yeah.
0: So so while I play some of these videos, if you can, I don't know if you can find that, that, that marketing package you put together, you you wrote, is that available to you? Go ahead and take a look while I play, play some of the videos. All right. All right. Now, for the audience, that is uh, Sochi, Russia. That's the Black Sea that waves up to 25 feet high. Very highly unusual. But I got more unusual videos right here. You, it, it's All this tells a story to me in that part of the world. When when I talk about that part of the world, Mideast, all the way through the Black Sea up to Russia, that's what I'm talking about. We'll get into it with the next video. Yeah. why is that important that's istanbul that's one of the main cities in asia minor right in turkey i mean that, that's like the capital and those are two wolves in downtown istanbul and so what are the wolves what are two wolves doing inside a city kind of shocking because those are wild animals they're never alone they they often go in two or hunting packs of three or more and what's interesting is the theory that the Russians put out there watching this is it's going to be a brutally cold winter in Turkey. And that it seems like the normal prey that's out in the forests, I guess, surrounding Istanbuls is forced them to go into the city and, and you know become scavengers as opposed to hunters. So it is a things are switching. So it's not just storms, you're having this, but this, you know, for wolves. To be out in late November, it's not even, you know, dead winter yet. Very interesting uh, things are happening. Not a normal sighting at all. And there's even more. It gets, I guess it gets better or stranger. You know, I find that video very interesting, Tracy. Um, there has been grass in, in northern desert of Saudi Arabia in, I guess, a couple thousand years or something like that, or at least in generations. And they're mm-hmm. out there and, and having a picnic, those two gentlemen, right? They're out there having a picnic on the grass, surrounded by desert, and that used to be yeah. desert itself. And, and so I don't know if there's anything in scripture that says, you know, the things that are behaving in desert. I mean, we know that... Uh, Euphrates River dries up. We know there's a there's a red heifer There's all kinds of signs of the end time. I don't yeah. know if that's related in any way, but it's just another kind of strange anomaly happening. You know, the wolves in, in Istanbul. The the, I mean, the Black Sea at the other day is a, is kind of like a giant lake, so it doesn't get the storm action that the Atlantic or Pacific happens, and yet they have these massive waves from the storm. So it's just real interesting to see all these things happening, sore or of less, in the same time. What are your thoughts from a scripture point of view that these are unusual events?
1: Well, I, ever since I was little, because one of the signs my mom used to always teach me about, you know, one of the end time signs would be the seasons and times out of, you know, out of whack, basically, and stuff like that. And I would see all and growing up, I would see these things happening and the, the four seasons that we have over here in America getting shorter, you know, being out of order and stuff like that. And so, as a little girl, I was thinking the world was ending as a little girl. And my mom told me, she says, Well, I was seeing these signs when I was a little girl. That's the only thing that gave me any type of relief because if she was already seeing things out of order, like what we're seeing in here, uh, you know, normally where it would be drier and then all this water and flooding and stuff coming. That's what I think about, the times and seasons being out of order as one of the biblical signs.
0: I'm with you on that. Uh, there's been a lot of flooding. I could showed you flooding videos in, in Syria, Iraq, certainly uh, uh, UA, UAE, also massive flooding there. So they've had real problems. So there's a lot of, of like really out of whack rainstorms like like of, of magnitudes are of not 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 normal uh-huh. like in new york city back in 2006 in august we had three inches of rain three inches of rain in an hour and it, it flooded all this other subway system i had to walk walk all the way down to, to ground zero to where i worked in a project from ninety fourth. third took me two, two and a half hours sweating but i did it the point was it was like three inches is nothing now you start getting twelve inches of rain in a short period of time, it begins overwhelming the the drainage systems, and you yeah. get massive storms. Yeah, and it just feels like there's more of it. There's certainly more of a volcanoes erupting than ever before. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my entire lifetime. There, there's volcanoes. Uh, Krakatoa been dormant for you know hundred some hundred fifty years. Uh, it, it erupted. Iceland whole. Uh, you know the Reykjavik uh, Peninsula, which is half the country's population—a population of three hundred fifty thousand. Half the population, the entire country, is in on the is on that peninsula. So that's a big deal. You got volcanoes all over erupting, got earthquakes. So this is just—it it feels different this time. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: All of this makes me think about in Romans 8 when it's talking about all of creation reeling to and fro, waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Like everything is off course, out of course. All of creation is out of whack because it's waiting. The Bible says it's actually waiting. The creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God, meaning children of God. It's not gender specific, but waiting on us to walk in our identity. That we're supposed to be walking in the earth is waiting on that
0: very interesting so let's go to the powerpoint because we got some very interesting things more slides of normal people but uh very interesting as well and mm-hmm. trace and i will we'll discuss the slides as we walk through them okay this is us, James Groving and Tracy L. White, and that's her book, The Foundation of Scripture Studies. You can find it on Amazon, and that's something for you to really think about getting if you haven't purchased it already. Let's go to the next slide. So this show is uh, really it's Revelation in real time because we're covering a, a variety of, of topics in Revelation, in and out of Revelation. And as I said, mm-hmm. uh, Tracy came up with a great subtitle for this this, this show. Uh, End Times in Real Time and Beyond the Bible with yours truly and Tracy L. White. So I just want to read this. This is, uh, below is the Hebrew, I guess from the Torah, and above is the English translation. And basically this gentleman, Michael Ufa, uh, and he's not the only one published or posted, and the world was filled with Hamas. Hamas is, 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 is danger, Hamas is, is villains, Hamas is you know violence. So the world is filled with Hamas. Noah's time, he put in parentheses. Hamas is, the re- is a term for robbery. It's a lot more than robbery, but it's robbery, violence, and more things like that. We'll let Tracy wait in a second, but let me finish reading what he posted. It's in this week's second chapter of Genesis. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in black and white. When the rain starts, we want to be on the ark. So Tracy, what are your feelings about that Hamas, 2,000 years later, or even more than 2,000 years, mentioned in Genesis, and here we are, fighting this terrorist organization?
1: Well, I was hoping, I know it says chapter two in Genesis, but I was hoping that it had like the actual verse, because I was trying to find this verbiage so I could like literally dissect what he's saying here, because...
0: And they cleaned um, up the Christian Bible to, you know, the English version of the Christian Bible to a point where it doesn't say Hamas, it says something else. And I can find that for you for the next show. So, I Right, I do, yeah, because I, I, I knew
1: it wouldn't actually say Hamas. I know it says it's for, you know, the word robbery. But, yeah, I was trying to find something similar to what it's saying right here. Because it, the only thing that it, it reminds me of is when God said, you know, the net well it doesn't actually say the word Nephilim, but it said it was giants. You know, in that in that day, yes, before and after the flood. But it also said the the earth, the world was filled with, you know, evil. So if that's what he's relating this to, and and using that word, but it says robbery here. But that's the verse. It reminds me of, and the and the earth was filled with evil. Men continually evil in their minds and in their hearts. So that's what it reminds me of.
0: Very good. Next slide. <laughs> So this is pe- people who are not always deep in the Bible, but suddenly remember things from reading the Bible in the past or whatever. And they all feel like we're going through a prophecy. This, this, this person's not the only one. It's, 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 it's several people. It's different things, uh, the bowls, the, the seals, so on and so forth. So not, they're not in order, but people are reacting like your phrase uh, is like the sixth bowl or something like that, you know, drying up. But here we go prophecy fulfilling now so this person believes Zechariah 12 3 and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples all who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces through though all nations of the earth are gathered against it so I and this is pretty interesting and now he he clarifies now thousands of Iraqis are flocking to to the Jordanian border to join Hamas, under the slogan, under the slogan, we're going to Jerusalem, Saints by the millions. Your thoughts, your reaction to this.
1: Okay, so I'm very scriptural with everything that I look at, and I look at it through that lens. And when you're looking in Zechariah 12, that whole passage, it says like over 16 times in that day. That phrase in that day is talking about the day. That's leading right up to the day of the Lord, which is when Christ returns, when the Bible actually says in um, Daniel that when Jerusalem is surrounded by all her enemies, that's when the archangel Michael stands up. That's when he he shouts the trumpet. That's when Christ returns, when she's surrounded and surpassed by all of her enemies. Enemies encompassed by all her enemies, so that's what it reminds me of. In that day, is speaking of that day when Christ is returning, that's when all of that is going to happen. Because remember, all of those nations that's against Jerusalem they're destroyed at that time. That's the valley of Megiddo, that's the battle of Armageddon, that's when all of that happens. So, this is what that's reminding me. It, this right here is not what I'm seeing happening right now because of all the contributing factors that have to. Um, culminate with it in scripture
0: right understood all right so this this is kind of what grundvig has been doing so you've been doing the deep dive the last decade plus (laughs) on scriptures where i have a vaccine injured son as my audience knows and i've been deep dive on pharmakia on the on the big pharma on this sorcery medicine enemy that is where Mm -hmm. i've been focused and at the end of the day you and i are both doing i guess good works with god because take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. You and I are not doing that, but instead expose them. We are exposing them. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Tracy.
1: So this, this I love, the, I love this passage right here that this comes from, because when you look at what it's saying in its actual context, like when you look at verse eight, verse eight says, for you were sometimes darkness. And it doesn't say in darkness. It says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. Not that you're in light, but that you are the light. And it says, therefore, walk as children of light. And then when it gets to that particular verse, it says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And this is the kicker right here, the very next verse. It says, for it is shame. Well, 13, the the 13th verse. But all things that are exposed are made exposed by light for whatsoever does make, expose is light. So it's telling us as the children of God that we are the very light that comes into this world and exposes all this darkness. Not that we are in the light, but that we are the actual light. And it is our job to do what light does, which is expose things. Now, in my book, The Foundation, I have a whole chapter where all of this is broke down And it's in the world, not of the world. That chapter, it explains how we operate as the very light of God, just as Jesus was the light of the world when he was here. So, yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Very good. And this is just a modern interpretation, not interpretation, but a modern, I agree with this analogy. Consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. This is everything to me. I love this this simple quote from Charles Spurgeon. Go ahead.
1: You know what? When I read this, it reminds me of, there was, is a story with this. So one night my brother comes into my bedroom. He says, hey, can you come out here and talk to my friend? And I was thinking, what friend is he talking about? So I come in the living room and there's this, this girl in there that had just moved. I was living in Topeka, Kansas at the time. She had moved to Topeka, Kansas with her brother and he was at work and she wanted to walk to Walgreens and she got lost on the way back. So she was hidden in the alley and my brother found her, don't know where she lives. So he brought her to my house. And so she's scared. She's trembling and her brother doesn't get off till later. So he's talking to her about God and he's explaining to her. He tells her this story that there was a guy walking on the fence and God was on one side of the fence. The devil was on the other side of the fence. He's walking down the fence. God is beckoning to come to his side. The devil is beckoning the guy to come to his side. And the guy doesn't make a decision. So when he gets to the end of the fence, Satan snatches up him and the whole fence. And he tells the guy, whatever does not belong to God automatically belongs to me. And I was like, good grief, the little girl was scared and everything. I was even scared when my brother told that story. But that was that, that's exactly what this reminds me of. Satan and God are after the same people. This gen, this young generation right now. Satan, and God are definitely after this young generation. But that is what that quote reminds me of. So yeah,
0: yeah, and 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 so, you know what's been interesting? The, the military white hats. We're getting to that in a moment. But military white hats are saying, even if you don't believe in God yourself, you got to realize mm-hmm. the enemy believes in a devil. So maybe mm-hmm. there's something to the fact that God exists. Because we live in a universe of, you know, of polarity, of of opposites, yeah. right? Good and evil, right? Light and darkness. I mean, all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. I find that quote interesting. If, even if you don't believe in God, even if you're an atheist or sort of an agnostic, the other side is crystal clear. They absolutely believe in the devil, Satanism, Luciferian, Moloch, Baal. Yes. They worship the darkness. Yes. Just to so leave, I love that quote because that is a, it's real people,
1: very much so. Yeah. So, so here's the
0: Antichrist and Al and I I didn't know who Al Mahadi was, and it's not my chart, but I found this chart interesting. And I'm not focused on Al Mahadi to tell you the truth. And we'll go to the next slide because I, I we, then we could uh, Trace and I go through the different things, the different traits of the Antichrist, right, according to this chart. So first of all, uh, al mahardi was what? He was the third Ab- Abbasid caliph. He reigned from 775 to 785, so it's you know a couple centuries after Muhammad, or at least a century, anyways. Knowing my math, but what, so what is Abbasid? Abbasid is actually the third empire of of Islam back back in the day. But like I said, we're focused on the left part of the column, which is the Antichrist. The only thing I'm focused on. So let me read the first three, and we'll have Tracy weigh in. So the Antichrist, according to this chart, not necessarily the Bible, but according to this chart, will be the head of a one-world government, leads a one-world religion, confirms a seven-year treaty between the Jews and a Gentile world. Tracy, your thoughts on those
1: three? My thoughts are that first one where it says he'll be the head of a one-world government. I, biblically, I don't agree with that. Um yep. Leads a one world religion, biblically, I don't agree with that, for the simple fact that he's gonna have dominion over there, over those, uh, the coalition that he'll have dominion over, but he's gonna be at war over there. So he's not gonna have a one world religion or a one world government that he's over. So, um, and that's and that's just a misconception, you know, um, with what we've been able to interpret in the Bible up to now and with the movies that come out and stuff like that, so it's just a misconception. But I, he definitely is gonna do a seven year treaty with the Jews. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. All right. So he he so the antichrist rules approximately seven years. Accurate.
1: First three and a half years, he's getting established. Um oh. the last the last three and a half years, he's dominating in that area. Okay. And so, yeah, basically seven years. Very last good. three more than the first three. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So this is something I disagree with. Is the next one described in the Bible as the white horseman of the apocalypse? For you know, there's 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 four horsemen apocalypse, and there's the one with the arrow in the beginning, and the next one is war, and the next one's the, the scales of justice, and the final one's death. Oh. And I forget which one the white white horse is, or the pale horse. What well. are your thoughts on this? Is the antichrist one of the horsemen, or not really?
1: I don't believe, I don't believe so.
0: I agree with you. The reason
1: why I don't believe so is because that first horse that goes out is when the first seal is open, okay? The Antichrist is going to already be getting established before that seal is open. So I don't believe that he is the rider on the horse.
0: Very good. So he's going to invade and conquer Israel and Jerusalem. So I guess that's accurate for the 42 months, correct?
1: Yes, yes, that's definitely accurate.
0: All right. Next, this is a, the second half of the, the Antichrist chart. So you're going to rule rules from Jerusalem, uh, right? And that's what the third temple is all about.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, not the first three and a half years, but he'll definitely go and seat himself in the temple in that uh, last, that midpoint mark of that three and a half years. Yep. That's when he actually goes and does that.
0: So so there's so the question is for, for me anyways maybe for the audience so that the re- rebuilt third temple is that also going to be the throne of satan or is that just really for the antichrist?
1: <laughs> the throne of satan's already there. <laughs> the that 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 uh synagogue of satan, yeah, that that's already there. Yeah.
0: Got it. Very good. All right, the next three targets and per- and, and persecutes Christians and Jews who do not convert. It sounds like it's coming. Changes the laws and calendar. So we're already, you know, we already had the, the the papacy changed the calendar. The calendar has already been corrupted. The Roman calendar is completely corrupted, assisted by the false prophets. So take one at a time. So is, is he going to target Christians and Jews who do not convert?
1: You know what. I like I growing up and seeing the movies and everything, it's always been taught that he's going to do this worldwide global thing, yep but as I study more and I see that this is all happening over there, yeah okay mm-hmm. it, it, um so if there's Christians over there, yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get you know targeted, but um. So I, I, I would, I, uh, location wise, it's going to be happening over there. So to me, it's going to be anybody who comes against them, anybody that doesn't want to conform to his what you would call beast worship. So yeah,
0: right, and, and challenge a one world religion. So I could see that. So what about changing yeah. the laws in the calendar? Cause that's already been done already, but corrupted, a guess. I guess you know.
1: In Daniel, it talks about he would have the power to change times and seasons. You know um yeah so that's definitely he's definitely gonna do that it's very interesting yeah so uh assisted by the
0: false prophet so the antichrist will be
1: so so talk talk
0: about the false prophet a little bit more
1: so the false prophet when you're reading revelation 13 and you're reading about the beast that has all these heads and crowns and and horns and stuff and it's the coalition of the different nations coming in the antichrist cuz like I, i've said before not on here but the beast is a it's it's a combination of three things it's the antichrist who is the man the head of it it is also his kingdom which is the eighth kingdom and and it's also the dragon which is satan that's empowering him with this demonic power that is the beast the second beast that comes on the scene in revelation 13 is likened as the first he'll have all the same power and everything and he's he's a combination of the false prophet and the dragon that's powering him but the bible says everything he does is to bring obedience to the first beast he'll have all the power and all that stuff but it's to make people bow down to the antichrist so they will work together in tandem and that's why they get thrown in the lake of fire together in tandem
0: (laughs) wow very very interesting all right. Yeah. Uh, the last two. One is uh, granted supernatural powers from Satan to before uh, to perform signs and wonders. The Antichrist. Yes. This yes. happens. Okay.
1: Yes. Also, the false prophet. They both get the same power from Satan.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yes. And the last one arrives on a scene uh, during a period of great turmoil caused by war, crime, natural disasters. That's why you know we open the show with natural disasters. And religious apostasy, and we'll be showing a video on, on religious apostasy in a minute. Go ahead, Tracy.
1: Definitely, because when you're looking at um, the beginning of sorrows, all these things are listed, and they're happening, and they're, they're climating up to the point that the tribulation starts, and the beast and the false prophet come in during that tribulation time, so all this is going to lead up to that.
0: Very good. Now we're gonna go into the Venn diagram. So this is from the uh, White Lotus of Light on YouTube. They they talk about the most high, Yahuwah or God, uh Luciferian, and Malachian. Let's let's go into each, each uh circle of the Venn so people can read it. We can read it easier. So we'll start with the most high. Um, some of the traits in here are innocence is protected, harmonious d- duality, individual telepathy, which i individuated, excuse me, a whole different word, individuated telepathy. All is one, all is God, non-hierarchical union, perfect trust. So what, what about those traits? Are those traits kind of accurate?
1: For who God is?
0: No, for, for us people living in the millennium after the, the collapse of Babylon. are, are, Are we headed towards this? harmonious right are we headed towards all is one right a non-hierarchical union so meaning we're not going to have authority figures over us going forward in the future we're going to have communities
1: yeah we'll have communities um after the millennium the bible says that we would be in jerusalem yeah and and it says, we'll all be taught of the righteousness of God. So that hierarchy part, I don't agree with uh, because we'll all be under God still. But um, I believe God believes in hierarchy. I believe he believes in order, you know, so nope. I, I I don't think it'll be the type of hierarchy we have now because of sin to where we actually need to be mm-hmm. policed and things like that. But I do think, I do still think there'll be a hierarchy there.
0: All right. So then the uh, the aqua green color below uh, supposedly, in their view, connects the most high with Luciferians. And I'm just going to read out their interpretation. Cooperation, advancements in arts and sciences, spiritualization of humanity, liberty and free, improved material and well-being in humanity. So that's their belief. I don't necessarily agree with it. What are your thoughts?
1: And again this is what they feel is going to be after the millennium right well this is what
0: this group thinks right so it's not necessarily what I think for sure for instance I don't think spiritualization we're not we're not talking about New age Hokum here so I you know if it's New age I don't believe if it's reincarnation I don't believe it right our DNA is a scroll it is the Torah itself it is God's design anyone who thinks they've had a past life, didn't have a past life in the, their thought of, of reincarnation. They might've had a past life through an ancestor because your DNA is passed down. It might be an event somehow recorded in your DNA because we've learned 10 years ago, Bill Gates, Microsoft, they, the technology companies realized that DNA, human DNA is probably the greatest storage system of information on the planet, it better is. than supercomputers, yep. everything. Yep. And that tells me, again, it's sort of like that Charles Spurgeon, Thing you might, you know, you might not believe in God, but the the devil side believes in DNA, right? And they're trying to master DNA, it's what the vaccines Uh are all about. They're trying to master DNA, right? Use it for storage, and they're trying, you know, they got a transhuman agenda, which is to take God's creation and warp it, destroy it, and use it to their own ill goods. Go ahead,
1: yeah. Well, these things I'm looking at on here, none of these things. On its face, seem like it would be a bad thing because they're all positive things, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it it what it would come down to is source. Like, what is the source of this? Is it a demonic source? Is it to desensitize people? Is it to yeah. you know navigate them away from the real source, which is the Holy Spirit that empowers you to have this character and these yep. fruits of the spirit? So, to me, that's that's what what it will all come down to.
0: And the reason why Trace and I are going through this exercise, audience. It's very simple. You, you gotta be able to do, do, do sermon on your own, you gotta separate the gospel of God, Jesus Christ, from New Age Hokum. That, that that's pretty much that because you know everything's a grand deception. Maybe even huh. the, the Antichrist be part of a grand deception. We you know Tracy and I did cover the hologram uh things that might be used as trickery to fake people. So we have to be you know extra vigilant in these times. So here's a Luciferian. I'm just gonna go through a couple of things. Enlightened self-interest. So that sounds like narcissist right there. Rule uh-huh. over rule of law over man. That's <laughs> certainly not God's law, right? It's certainly not not the first covenant with Moses and uh-huh. the Ten Commandments, right? Meritocracy, honor contracts. So they're going into the world of man-made contracts, not God. They're basically rule of law is man-made law, in my opinion, because when it's over man, that's what's telling. And then they, they go in and share things with Malachians, which is conquest, hierarchy, competition, desire for power, ruthless. That, none of those are good qualities. So I'll give no. you a, a quote from John D. Rockefeller, which I, on my old network, I used to quote it like, like once once every two months to remind people. There's no such thing as free market capitalism. Because in the matrix world we live in, that's completely everything is rigged. Right? Everything's rigged, including Wall Street. What is John D. Rockefeller's quote from 100 years ago? Competition is a sin. No, competition is not a sin. It's not a seven cardinal sin. It is not a sin. Competition is not a sin in Dante's Inferno. It's not a sin in Martin Luther Reformation. It's not a sin anywhere except in a world of monopolies and the devil, and that's what we're fighting. Go ahead.
1: You know, that reminds me of when God in the Scripture where he used the Gentiles to incite the Jews to jealousy. This is God that did this, okay? Because they weren't believing. So it is like a competition. We're over here, we're believing, we're closer to God and God wants them to see this and then it would, you know, make them, you know, believe. But that's, so competition is good. It it, it does incite you. I'm not against
0: competition per se, but I, I don't necessarily trust it when it comes from lucifer or moloch that's that's what i'm saying it's sort of like that fence story which you told in the beginning which was very great analogy metaphor the fence is the the competition between god and the devil and people just got to be aware of it that's all i can say and we're now we're going down to the evil we're going to the black hats now so the most high god is the white hats the luciferians i call the gray hats because they're kind of gray not everything's evil there but a lot of it's man-made so it can't be completely trusted and now let's go down to the devil himself and hive mind, right? So that the hive mind to me, Tracy, is transhumanism. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, because there there is no individuality in hive mind. And it is how you rule over a whole entire population of people because you get them all having that one mindset. And it's the easiest way to do it. But here's the thing about that, though. Um, of course, it's looked at as a bad thing, but if you flip it, because everything that Satan does, you know, he hijacks God's, the things that God does, because we're told to be on one accord. We're told to, you know, be of one mind. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We're supposed to have that type of mindset, but not so that we can be controlled by God. Somebody over there that wants to control us, but when you flip that and Satan perverts it and he uses this high mindset um that's where you have the issues come in that's where it's dark, and it's the opposite of what God actually intended for of for his people so yeah, yeah. and
0: and all the way on the right side of that circle is material stagnation for humanity so that goes back to john d rockefeller that's that, that's that's the fake uh you know, dwindling resources story, that's all fakery. It's all used to entrap and enslave mankind. It is like the climate change hoax. It's like we're running out of oil, we're running out of materials. All of that's a lie. In fact, we have more materials on this planet than than, than we can even imagine. But we're, yes. we're told a to lie through the propaganda media. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of the toilet paper. You okay? <laughs> the toilet paper is scary and People were literally getting in fights in Walmarts over toilet paper when they literally have loads of it put away and hidden from the people. And then the same thing for some reason with the eggs, all of a sudden the price for eggs shot up. And then I had a friend that worked in, um, I forgot what store he worked in, but he sent me a picture of their, their, the warehouse in the back where they had pallets and pallets and pallets of eggs. And it was all just a scare tactic. So yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and, and they're, they're collecting information on it. What, and what I mean by that is they, the dark side puts out, uh, puts out a, a toilet paper shortage like that or eggs, and it, they're collecting all of the data, all of people's tweets, all the social media. They're collecting everything so they can they can really gauge public sentiment analysis and figure out how to right. scare them. The problem is right. they're trying to, to come up with a second virus a second pandemic it's happening now in china but it uh-huh. you know we're not fooled anymore you know we're not yeah. none of those scare tactics are to get the unvaccinated going to go get vaccinated now never because now we know the true the true data right the heart attacks yeah. and the turbo cancers are off the charts so there's yeah. other things like like parasitism there's slavery there's epstein style harm of children physical torture there's adrenochrome sacrifice but the core trait of a real evil person is self-hatred and what's interesting, a lot of this is coming out now that for instance, George Bush 43 was raped a hundred times as part wow. of growing up. And this is part of mm-hmm. his childhood. No one should yeah. ever go through it. But this is this is a how the the dark side, how the pagans going all the way back to pagan Egypt, this is they they, they will rape their pharaohs so they can be controlled. So they rape what the president of the United States so they can be what controlled. This yes. it breaks their psyche. Sometimes it breaks them completely. Mm-hmm. Those, those uh-huh. children are put away. Other times it breaks their psyche to the point where they, they are really run on self-hatred. And that is a world where we're dealing with some very evil people.
1: Yeah, because you, I don't know if you know this or are aware, but back in the slave days, that was the tactic that they used for any type of black man that had any any kind of stand up in him. And they would lay them over a stump in front wow. of all of the people and they wow. would, what they call <laughs> but break them. Okay. They would, they would break, they rape break them, especially if he had a wife and children, you know, because what man could ever come back from that? How could you look your wife in the eyes? How could you, if you got sons, how could you look at them? You, you were completely, it was to break your spirit. If you break the spirit, yep. you've completely broken the person. So, yeah. It's a very, very effective tactic.
0: Well, we're we're fighting evil people, and you got to be aware of it, and you got to understand. I'm not saying give sympathy to, to the traitors in the United States government, Obama. I wouldn't give sympathy to him. I wouldn't give sympathy to, to to uh, George Bush, to uh, Dick Cheney, to uh, Joe Biden. None of them. Even if it happened to them, none of them. Sorry, you go you go you go you go uh, evil against you, and you become evil. Sorry, that does that doesn't work for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So. When and how they're 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 treated, I mean, dealt with. Excuse, me, rephrase, dealt with, in a military tribunal. I'm all for it. Once we get the evidence, because they will show us the evidence and the reasons why they t- they'll take certain people out. So this mm-hmm. is the last slide of this PowerPoint. Let's talk about this, Tracy. This is your next scripture study: the false prophet among us. Talk about this.
1: Yes. Well, um, I was asked to write a. Um, I was asked to write for a college, a a church that had a college that they would do classes. People would pay to take these classes. And I was asked to write on false prophets. And this was a few years ago. And so um, a lot of this stuff that I'm writing about is from that research and study that I did back then. Because of course, that was a few years ago. And now things have gotten even worse. When it says false prophets rose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you that's today, Second Peter 2 and 1, that's happening right now. And that is also one of the beginning of sorrows, that you will have many Christ, many false Christ, many false prophets that will come and say that I am the Christ. They will also have power to deceive. And the Bible says if it was possible, they would even see the elect. Now, God is going to keep that from happening, but that's how powerful they're going to be with their signs and wonders that we haven't seen before. We, we, we wouldn't have seen the like before. And so they're going to be, you know, causing lots of people, lots of believers, because you have to be a believer to fall away. You have to be there to, in order to fall away from belief. This is literally going to happen. And so with this type of stuff happening, especially, and I'm going to say it in the Black culture It's running rampant because as a prophet in the black culture, you are held as a celebrity. All you got to do is prophesy. And they're not prophesying the word of God. They're prophesying homes and cars and your husband coming and All this type of stuff. And you got to pay for it. If you want this prophecy, if you want to stand in line and get prophesied over, you got to give this seed. And they have different amounts of giving that you got to give. So it's, 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 it's very, very, very crazy, and it has to be addressed. And that is the reason why I'm writing that book right now, The False Prophet, not The False Prophet Among You, no, The False Prophet Among Us, because they're all around us right now. So yes, that's a very important book that'll be coming out soon. All
0: right, let's play video four. this These are interesting short videos coming up right now.
1: short time not today not tomorrow but very soon we'll be facing compulsory vaccination under the mistaken term of voluntary vaccination but the US government has a trick up their sleeve
0: which is
1: they will induce a pandemic you're going to get the flu everybody around us is going to get the flu
0: if people start dying massively from these inoculations Won't there be like a revolution, a rebellion, a rising up from the peasants? Wow. So that is Jesse Ventura, right, former actor, right, Uh, former governor of Minnesota. He he did a conspiracy theory show, and that was really far out there in 2009. It's no longer far out there. It's now like biblical prophecy. It's now like a, a documentary, not like science fiction. And that, that woman was a scientist uh, that used to work inside, I guess, the U- U.S. military. And she she no longer, she feared for her life. So she flew in to the airport on a private jet, went in, did that interview. It was, it was like a you know, five, 10-minute interview, got in a plane, left uh, to, to a country that does not allow extraditions or whatever. So that is what she did. And listening to what she said right there in 35 seconds, Tracy, wow, mm-hmm. right? She nailed it.
1: Yeah, because she said we would have to take the vaccine under false pre- pretenses that it's voluntary. But the thing about that is if you take away a person's recourse and it's the only recourse they have left and they decide to go ahead and go with it, that's not voluntary, that's coerced. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It reminds me of a movie I watched years ago and it was about you know selling drugs and gangs and all this stuff. And there was this particular gang that was getting more powerful and powerful and powerful, and so when and they was making all the money, but they wanted to take over everybody's spot. So when they would go to somebody's spot that didn't have as much gun power, manpower, they didn't have as many homies with guns and stuff like that as they had, they would approach them and and they would they would say this thing: "Get down or lay down." That's what they would say. "Get down," meaning come on board with us, or "lay down." I'm going to kill you. that's what get down lay down means that's what the government does about these vaccines take it or you lose your job that's the same thing as get down or lay down so they're not leaving anybody or recourse they're letting you make a decision the decision is to do what we say or not and suffer the repercussions so yeah
0: understood next video В времени я считала, что высказывание «религия опиум для народа» – это просто образное выражение. Но оказалось, что не все так просто. Посмотрите сами. Как вы думаете, что общего между знаками и символами на одеянии Папы Римского? Вот этими изображениями. Обрядом Евхаристии. Гербами древнейших итальянских
1: династий древним культом поклонения богу Молоху
0: и пропажей детей по всему миру. Ответы на эти вопросы в передаче Чёрная метка от оккультиста. Смотрите, пока есть ещё Yes, that was in Russian people, but <laughs> language the interpretation should be obvious. it's all visual. It's all symbols. We have orth- looks like Eastern Orthodox Christianity uh just just bizarre rituals. Nothing is per the Bible, in my opinion. And it's not, we're not talking about the tabernacle. We're not talking about Torah. And then the Vatican with all the strange symbols and stuff, one with the Nazca lines, you know, aliens and dragons and stuff. Wow. What a world we live in. And they, those people we showed want, want to lead us in a one-world religion. Oh. Go ahead, Tracy. Have fun.
1: Yeah, that, that was crazy. Like I said, it's in a different language, but it spoke clearly... <laughs> <laughs> it spoke clearly especially when they're showing the it, and when the the guy is writing the other guy that, that you're subjugating human beings you know so yeah that's that's very outlandish that's crazy
0: yeah crazy is right but it, it needs you need to wake up listen mm-hmm. I, I have lots of friends who are catholics yeah you know, i i'm just i'm just flat out saying it right my son my son was you know, confirm the Catholic, right, and baptize the Catholic. I mean, please. So I'm not picking on Catholicism, but but if your if your Pope is actually a wolf in sheep's clothing, you should you should be really concerned. You should start start trying to decode all of their symbols and why are they so ornately. I mean, is this does God ask us to do that anywhere in the Bible? No. Jesus says, if you're rich, give up your money. Follow me. And on the other hand, mm-hmm. Jesus says will always be poor people, which I think has two meanings. Yeah, there will always be people who are homeless and can't help themselves. But Jesus helped mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, uh, I guess, people that were sick, uh, ailing, poor. You know, he he protected uh, Mary Magdalene, right? Uh, yeah. Cast the first stone without sin. Of course, all of us have sin. So yep. it, it's just, just amazing. But getting dressed up and doing these fancy little sermons and smoke and all this stuff, That's like Mm -hmm. seance paganism to me.
1: Yeah, ritualism. And yeah, the Bible did say, he said, the poor will always be with you. And that's why he said, when you lend to the poor, don't expect payment back from them. He says, if you lend to the poor, I will repay. And I would rather have my repayment back from God than a man. So yeah.
0: Absolutely. I love it. All right, last, last video here. Here we go. This is the Ten Commandments of the new religion, uh, 53... Happen ...on Mount Sinai is absolutely insane. Religious leaders are gathering November 6th through the 18th for a ceremony they're calling Returning to Sinai, where they say that they're going to issue a new Ten Commandments to repent for man-made climate change. The website Interface Center for Sustainable Development has an article discussing the upcoming event titled, In Sinai, a prophetic call for climate justice and ceremony of repentance. Mount Sinai is of course where Moses received the Ten Commandments, but these religious leaders are actually calling for a new universal Ten Commandments. In that article it states, the project partners will bring together premier religious leaders from the world's major religions to gather upon Mount Sinai to engage in a first ever climate repentance ceremony, and to pull forth a prophetic, Interreligious call to action,
1: climate justice, 10 universal commandments. I've got a full video I just posted covering this.
0: All I got to say is very simple. Uh, the ones that are polluting the planet are the big corporations, the big bankers, the big everything. And they're trying to blame the, the, the children of God for, for the climate hoax, which is a hoax, by the way. There is no climate change. It's nonsense. In fact, a thousand years ago, when there were a lot less people on the planet, Talk about during the Viking Age, it was called the uh, the the little optimum or whatever. It was actually you could grow grapes in, in in Nova Scotia, Canada during the summer. You can't can't do that in today's world. So it's just, yes. but here they're trying to a make you feel guilty. It's uh-huh. really you know this uh, Marxism, right? And then they're trying to you know so they're trying to make the people feel guilty, and you 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 got to like quit your selfish religions, your beliefs. You're out of the Bible because competitions of sin remember you can't can't believe in god or jesus so we want you to focus in on the new religion this is part of the brainwashing this is part of the transhuman agenda this is how they bait people into a trap go ahead tracy
1: so my first thought on this because they're they're wanting to call this Ten Commandments, you know, new commandments that, then, and they're making it spiritual. They're going to Mount Sinai of all things. So the first thing I think about how scripturally the Bible says that Jerusalem is still in sla- in slavery, and they gender to Hagar. That 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 particular mountain, Mount Sinai, is the mountain of law. Okay, and then Jerusalem is gendered to, um, well, Jer- Jerusalem is gendered to freedom. Okay, because the Bible says that's the mother of us all. So you've got two different mountains. you got Mount Sinai, which is the mountain of the law, which brings you into slavery. And then you got Jerusalem, which is the mountain of freedom. And the Bible says that's not the mountain that we have come to when we come into Christ. We've come to the mountain of Jerusalem, not Sinai. So my very first thought about this is you're taking people back into bondage. That's my first thought. My second thought is Matthew 22, 34, around uh, verse 37, where it says, because he asked him, the guy asked Jesus, What is the greatest commandment? And he said, The greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one too is likened unto it, which is love your neighbor like itself, like yourself. But then it says, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's it. They've been consolidated into that, and that's it. So yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I want to talk about that point because Moses was the first covenant with God sort of right with the 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 laws and all that stuff yeah the second covenant is is the gospels of jesus is that sort of accurate
1: yeah you have the first covenant in the old testament and then you have what i would call the last covenant because this we, we, we won't be in another one this is the last covenant that replaced the covenant that the bible said no man could fulfill those laws None of them could fulfill them. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was something that Jesus came to fulfill. He said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And he did it. And so,
0: ah, Where the rest of us has failed. Right. (laughs) Including me.
1: Yeah, that's what they said. They said, even our forefathers could not hold to this. You know, our forefathers couldn't even keep it. But Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. And because he was able to fulfill it, he was able to institute another law that we can all live under, which is the new covenant, the last covenant. So
0: yes. it's about love, right? The most powerful force you have. Yes. And yeah, that is, that's why,
1: that, that two is two why the Rockefellers uh,
0: took took the harmonious... Yes. Tuning of uh, I think it was 432 uh, hertz and in music instruments and tune it to 440. It's dissonance, right? It's all the devil's work. They're they're trying us. They're trying to to you know not only tempt us, right, and make a deal with the devil. Literally, I can give you fame, can give you uh-huh. fortune, give you land, right? But none of none of that's yeah. going to help you on Judgment Day, is it? <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all so much so that the bible says there are going to be people that come to jesus and say didn't i do these things in your name did not I cast out didn't i do all these works in your name and jesus it it says he's going to say depart from me you worker of iniquity i never knew you okay he said i know those who do the will of my father okay and so that's what's going to happen so that's scary that verse has always been scary to me because it said that they're going to say to him on that day, did we not do these things? Meaning that they believe that they did in your name, meaning that they believe that they did, but they will get told, not so. You were a worker of iniquity and I didn't know you. So you don't want to be delusional when the times come. You want to know your God, know yourself and know your God, know who you belong to. So, yeah.
0: Great. Uh, Tracy, we're out of time, literally, but here yeah. on the next show, people. We're going to have our first guest ever on Beyond the Bible. We've done five episodes. Yes. Yeah. So episode <laughs> six, we're, we're going to have Kevin Jenkins come in. Why? Because I told Tracy, I, I think it's very important to talk about the last four years in America under lockdown, under yeah. COVID, under the, all these illegal, lo- uh, you know, they're not even laws, regulation mandates and all stuff. We're going to have yeah. a sort of force conversation of three of us. Focus on God in the last four years. And then Tracy's going to weigh in Uh, biblically. uh, Kevin's going to talk about spiritually uh, his journey the last four years. I'm going to weigh in. It's going to be a terrific show. Love you all. Love you, Tracy. Uh, We're going to win this war for truth and justice.
1: Indeed. God bless everybody. Till next time. Bye.
0: Bye. Very good.